Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Today, Parts Per Billion is turning into a cooking show. We're going to be talking about how one should prepare snakes. Specifically, 15-foot-long Burmese pythons that have invaded and wrecked the ecosystem of the state of Florida. Bon appétit! Hello and welcome back yet again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm David Schultz. And Merry Christmas to one and all. You might be sitting down later this week to a Christmas ham or a Christmas turkey, but wildlife officials in the state of Florida say you might want to consider swapping that out for a Christmas python. Pythons are a non-native invasive species in Florida, and the havoc they've wreaked on the ecosystem there is nothing short of catastrophic. Florida has tried dozens of tactics over the past couple of decades to eliminate these massive snakes or at least get their populations under control, but nothing seems to be working. So now, as Bloomberg Law's Jennifer Kay reports, the state's mindset seems to be, if you can't beat them, eat them. Earlier this month, Florida wildlife officials launched a study looking into whether pythons are safe for widespread human consumption. They're hoping the answer is yes, and that creating new demand for python meat will incentivize more killing of these troublesome reptiles. I spoke with Jennifer from her home in Miami Beach about why it's actually come to this and about how this python problem got started in the first place. Florida, you might know, is the, I think it's home to most invasive species, definitely most invasive reptiles and amphibians anywhere in the world. Um, Animals that come here through trade through, uh, they come in as pets, they end up out in the Everglades, and they love it here. Um, Like snowbirds, like your grandparents, like spring breakers, they just think it's great. Uh, And they look at the Everglades, especially as just one giant buffet. So that's that's kind of where the pythons come in. Um, It's believed that they come pretty much entirely from the exotic pet trade. There are some stories about warehouses that got destroyed outside Miami by Hurricane Andrew in 1992. That was one of the big hurricanes that hit the Miami area. Um, And lots of baby pythons apparently got flung into the Everglades where they found it to be a very nice home. Uh, But generally, it's really not uncommon for people have these exotic pets and they get too big and too expensive and too ornery to keep feeding or to care for in their house. They realize they're not they're not such good pets after all. So they just release them um, into the wild where 
they don't have any predators. Uh, there's nothing here that knows what to do when a python kind of rolls up into the neighborhood. So um, they just kind of take over. Like, what are they doing to the environment? I mean, I've heard that they, you know, eat native species like, uh, you know, rabbits and foxes. But, like, can you elaborate on that? Like, what what kind of environmental devastation are these snakes wreaking? So the the easy answer is that pythons just eat way too much. They They eat everything. They have nearly wiped out the Everglades populations of native mammals, which, again, have never, never saw anything so voracious in the Everglades before these pythons showed up. Uh, researchers say that since 1997, populations of raccoons have dropped 99%. Um, bobcats have dropped 87%. Possum populations have dropped 99%. There are parts in the Everglades that just used to have lots of rabbits or foxes, and now those animals have just effectively disappeared. Um, and all of these animals are believed to be in the stomach of a python somewhere. They also eat animals that are on the endangered species list, so cute little things like the Key Largo wood rat that we're spending a lot of time and money to try to keep around. Pythons will eat them. Um, And all of this means, too, that the pythons are eating food that Florida panthers, alligators, and other native predators are supposed to be eating. They're They're just not leaving anything for the native animals. But let's talk about what Florida has been uh, doing to try to combat this, because as you mentioned, you know, this goes all the way back to Hurricane Andrew in 1992 and maybe even before then. Um, You know, what kind of things have wildlife officials in Florida tried to do to to stop this? Well, they've tried a lot of things. Um, They are for the past several years, they've the state of Florida pays contractors to go out and hunt the snakes. Uh, These men and women get paid minimum wage, um, but they are paid bonuses for any snake that measures over four feet long. And these snakes get well over four feet long. The longest one on record is 18 feet, nine inches. And that was just in October that that was that that record was set. Um, The state is also working with the federal government to try to remove these pythons from within Everglades National Park, where usually there is no hunting allowed. The state also encourages uh, the public to get involved. So on your next Florida vacation, you too could come and and do some python hunting if that's your thing. I'll pass. (laughs) Uh, You don't need a permit. You don't need a hunting license. Um, You are allowed on private land to take out a python if uh, you come across one. You are encouraged to do so. Um, Or you can just, there's an app where you can report python sightings if if you just want to stay hands off. They've experimented with traps. They've tagged pythons with radio trackers so that they could follow one snake to other snakes, hopefully. Um, This year, Florida lawmakers passed a law allowing the Wildlife Commission to use drones to monitor the Everglades for signs of pythons and and other invasive plant and animal species. Um, They're also training dogs to sniff them out. Yeah, and you sent me some photos of of some really cute dogs that are, I guess, snake hunting dogs. Uh, A very good boy named Truman, a black Labrador, (laughs) scored the first snake capture in that program just earlier this month. He he bagged an eight-foot python uh, somewhere out in Miami-Dade County. Um, and that's, that's, been a, that's been something in the works for a while. And early iterations of the program ran into um, 
the dogs ran into the same problem that humans do in Florida. They, they weren't sure how to handle the humidity for long periods of time, but um, they seem to be overcoming that problem. So that's, that's one, more, one more tool in the fight against pythons. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. seems like the uh, the state is uh, taking a kitchen sink approach to uh, fighting this problem, uh, pun very much intended, because it, the latest thing that they're doing is it sounds like they're, Florida is trying to get restaurants and individuals to put Python on the dinner plate. Uh, can you talk about the efforts to make Python meat a delicacy in Florida? Yes. Apparently, there's enough interest from people asking if it's okay to eat pythons, that the state is now exploring whether they can start recommending this as a good idea. Um, the state is now taking tissue samples from pythons in seven counties, so kind of across the greater Everglades ecosystem, just to see what kind of mercury levels they have. I always heard that you shouldn't eat pythons from the Everglades because they were just chock full of mercury. Uh, they're at the top of the food chain, and they just absorb a lot of mercury from the environment. But the state is now thinking, you know, there might be parts of South Florida where they're not absorbing so much mercury, so it might be okay to eat them, much like iguanas, which are another invasive species, or lionfish, which are another invasive fish uh, that the state encourages people to hunt and eat. So it's it's no one's going to be ordering snake for Christmas or New Year's dinner this year. Um, but it's something that they might be looking at further down the road as just another way to tell people, hey, we have this problem. If you want to help solve it, just order up a snake burger. <laughs> I didn't. I got to say, I didn't realize this was sort of a bottom-up thing, that people were coming to the state and saying, like, I want to eat snakes. Is it possible to do that? And the, sna the state is like, well, let us look into that. I, I thought it was sort of a, a top-down, like, Florida was saying, please eat snakes. You know, it's, I guess it's the other way around. Florida is definitely saying, please help us get rid of these snakes. There are just potentially hundreds of thousands of them out there. They are really hard to find. They are never going to go away entirely. But this Florida wants all the help it can get to get rid of them. There are people who take uh, the python skins and will turn them into a very nice handbag for you or a nice pair of shoes. I've seen alligator couches, so I don't know why you couldn't do that with enough python skins um 
you know, the, the state has been pretty successful with getting people to put lionfish on the menu. That would probably be the, the most comparable. Iguana people, some people, me included, don't really want to eat iguanas so much. Um, I think python will be one of those, like, super specialized delicacies as well. Yeah, no, and I think that's not a, like, a unheard of strategy. I mean, I know that in, up here in the Chesapeake Bay area, I think they've had a lot of success with that. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask, well, the second to last thing I wanted to ask you is let's take a step back here and talk about, you know, overall strategy. As I mentioned, or as, as we talked about, the state is throwing everything it can at this problem. And it just doesn't seem like it's making a lot of progress. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, is this something where it seems like maybe eventually something will work? Or are we talking about something where they're going to have to take like radical new measures if they really want to make a dent here. Like things that we haven't even thought of yet. It might be in the realm of things we haven't even thought of yet. It's it, the goal with pythons is just to control them as much as possible. The idea that we could ever get rid of them entirely has is gone out the window years ago. But in Florida's defense, it's it's a really difficult problem to solve. The snakes have no predators here. They eat anything in their way, especially as they get bigger. Uh, they reproduce in, in large numbers. Um, and they have ex- the pythons have expanded kind of throughout the, the Everglades ecosystem. That's not just the national park west of Miami. It's, it's up north into Broward and Palm Beach counties, west into the Big Cypress Preserve near Naples. Um, and as big as they are, they're really hard to find. Um, unless you happen to come across one on a levee or a road, they tend to just blend into the landscape. And then that landscape is really hard for people to navigate through. Um, even though it's surrounded by densely populated coastlines, it's mostly water. There's really sharp sawgrass that you really can't walk through, and it grows shoulder high. Um, the Everglades are also like incredibly big. I, I, I always forget it's not just like Miami's backyard. It's one of the largest national parks in the continental U.S. It is a massive ecosystem, and most of it you can't get through unless you have an airboat. So it's, it's really, it's a daunting thing for the state to have to deal with. Finally, closing things out, um, how does one cook a python? What is the optimal way to prepare python? I would think that it would just be really stringy and tough, so you'd have to do like a braise, you know. Um, but I could see maybe like high heat, like a saute or a, a stir fry. What, what if you were going to cook up python? How would you prepare it? Uh, I would just like to establish I would not be cooking a python. <laughs> you have you have thought about this possibly more than I. Yeah, maybe maybe this says more about me than it does about you. Um, no, what would you? I don't know how how would you how would you do it? One py, one of the state python hunters, um, Donna Khalil, posts on her Instagram some of the many ways that she's been able to cook python. It seems like uh, putting them in some sort of slow cooker. See, that's what that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, you, you really have to tenderize it. It's kind of a tough, um, meaty sort of thing. Uh, you it makes you realize. Well, this is why people make shoes out of them and not steak, right? Um, it's it's the skin part that is the that's 
that's the stuff you want. You, 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 people really haven't looked at them as a food source previously. Uh, apparently, you can make python jerky out of them, and that will sustain you on your, your long python hunts through the Everglades. Um, I guess a, a stew might be the best way to, to go. I know that's that's how iguanas get served quite a bit. I mean, look, I've hey, look, I've eaten steak that tasted like a shoe, so I, you know, don't see why I wouldn't just eat something that basically <laughs> is a shoe. Um, Jennifer Kay, thank you so much for this very Floridian uh, discussion. I feel like I'm already in Florida right now, just talking and thinking about all this stuff. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That was Bloomberg Law correspondent Jennifer Kay speaking to us from Miami Beach, Florida. And that's it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use the handle at environment, just that, at environment. I'm at David B. Schultz if you've got anything on your mind you'd like to share. Today's episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself and Josh Block. Parts Per Billion was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. The music for today's episode is A Message by Jazar and Road to Memphis by Paul Bouchara and Emmanuel Jean Benet. They were used under a Creative Commons license. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you later. This is Adam Allington, and I'm here to announce a new season of Uncommon Law, a narrative podcast series from Bloomberg Law. My co-hosts and I will speak with African-American attorneys and hear their perspectives on how big law is, or in some cases, isn't adapting to become more diverse and inclusive. It's not fair, but what can be better than being on the front lines of helping to make this country better for all of us? If not us, who? If not now, when? Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.